I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota in Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires, land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, hello from the beautiful Black Hills. It's, you know, real nice for me to be able to say spring is finally here. And the beautiful weather and the renewing of the earth, the grass is getting green and uh, just makes everybody feel good to be able to have some sunshine there. Uh, We're continuing our uh, interview with Larry Brewer. He's my first cousin. Uh, Indian way, actually, we're brother, sister. There really aren't cousins in the Indian tradition. So I consider all my first cousins a brother or sister. But uh, just to kind of renew what we had talked about last week was that he is about right close to the middle of 12 kids to my Aunt Lula. Aunt, my Aunt Lula was my mom's older sister. She, Aunt Lula was born in 1912, and my mom was born 12 years later. She was the baby of the family. She was born in 1924. My uh, aunts were always very good to my mom. They, you know, that was their little sister, and I think they tried to look out for her and and was very very kind to her. Aunt Lula had um, raised 12 kids. Her She was widowed at a young age and, you know, kind of raised them by herself for a part of them anyway, the younger ones. And Larry shares with us some of the stories that he remembers because when he was young, he did live on the Pine Ridge Reservation, kind of close to where my grandpa Mills lived, I believe. And so he has some good stories that I didn't know about. I had no idea my uh, that side of the family were so so traditional. I really didn't know that. So um, Larry kind of ended the t- with talking about his uh, problems that he had with alcohol and how when he got made a decision to become a dancer and to do uh, beadwork and kind of go that that way and go back to the church, it changed his life. And, you know, that's good. I mean, that's a good story. And uh, I'm so happy for, for that, that he moved back to South Dakota and is in Rapid City and is close to us. And hopefully when this COVID thing is over with, we can get together a little more. But uh, here's the continuation of my interview with Larry Brewer. That's good. 
you know, that she's able to to do that. And uh, what what kind of dances did you do? Um, well, I'm a traditional dancer, but oh, okay. and my grandson was too, and my granddaughter's a jingle dress dancer, mm-hmm. and she's uh, had real had real nice outfits because my in the Southwest there's kind of like contemporary, and I've the only beadwork I know how to do is uh, traditional uh, lazy stitching and uh, traditional designs. You can look at it and you can tell that it's Lakota. Yes. Uh-huh. Did uh, Who taught you to do that? Well, growing up around here, I was always aware of those uh, guys. And I knew in the 50s what a guy should look like and what they're dancing like. But I was the wrong color. And <laughs> after I sobered up, and I just decided to follow my heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about my my blue eyes or whatever. No, that and, that I mean, well, Grandpa Mills had blue eyes for heaven's sake, and that's ca- kind of carried down. I I know my uh, my oldest boy Clint. He has blue eyes. Really? Yeah. And then Billy. I think Billy has blue eyes. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, a yeah. lot of that family there. You know. Uh, but they, that was funny to see Grandpa. He looked. He didn't look a bit Indian, and he just, all he talked was Lakota, and that was looked kind of funny. I and know. And then when he was, he had these traditional ways too, because he'd be sitting in the living room, and if somebody came to our front door, he would get up and leave right away and go in the next room. And that was, we might call it backward, but that was traditional. <laughs> oh, really? He, yeah. He would get up and leave the room, and then, yeah, just. What would he come back, come back and visit, or just wait, um, or? Prob- probably not. And then, and one time my mom came to Phoenix, and there was some couple people I grew up on the res. One was Lena, yeah, well Bob Little, who's a good friend. He was the one that really inspired me to to be a dancer because he was on the southwest he he stood out because he was from the north and uh anyway they came to the house and my mom would be sitting there and they didn't they didn't didn't even look at her and then my my ex-wife said welcome they didn't and that was that's traditional too you just you're you're giving them you're respecting them and giving them their space Mm -hmm. and if they talk to you then you talk but they didn't my mom was in her 70s then, and uh, they just hardly acknowledged her. But that was traditional also. You're just honoring, you're just respecting them and giving them their their space. Well, and, and, uh, and that's something, you know, that our listeners, I mean, they really don't understand. I, I know when I had the gallery in Hill City, there was this gentleman came in, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but um, he had met this well-known artist and he, we got to talking about handshakes and he said this man would hardly shake his hand. And I said, well, really, that's traditional. (laughs) It didn't mean anything bad. It was just the, you know, you don't grab somebody's hand and press hard and you know hurt you know like a firm handshake it, 
that's, yeah, that uh, that was n- not a traditional. That was a sign of aggression. And so, one, once I explained that to him, he felt much better about having met this man because he realized he wasn't being, you know, snooty a, or whatever. A hand, handshake from Lakota people it seems as more meaningful. To I mean, it's it's real common, but. Uh, just uh, means a lot. Yeah, it it's an extension of friendship and stuff, but you don't yeah. you don't have to do it hard and <laughs> show your strength <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Well, Larry, wasn't you kind of a a counselor for a while, or? Um, not a counselor, but I worked with special ed. Oh, okay. And that came about by my sobriety too. I didn't mention that. I got, I quit this. I always worked in cabinet shops and door shops and framing, and was rewarded with beer right after work. You know, and that's I, I got to drinking twelve pack a day, mm. and but I knew, fortunately, I knew I had a problem, and then I eventually addressed it. It's, I know some people close to me that don't even know they have a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then I did all that. I, I'm dancing and doing beadwork now because of that. And then that's the job. It's a not everybody can work with uh, disabled people, you know, physically and, and mentally. But it's it, it brought the best out of me. It was it was a good. I guess you could call it service work. That's a What's what they encourage in AA? Oh, okay. But uh, I worked until I was seventy because it, I was off in the summertime, and it was uh, it didn't hurt me to go to work every day. It was a good job. Well, I have to say personally, I'm very glad you moved to Rapid, even though we don't get to see each other much. We've gotten acquainted in these later years and I'm, yeah and i'm real fortunate i feel getting i feel kind of close to you actually you know yeah yeah well yeah. i we don't have all that many first cousins left you know and and so consequently i value each first cousin i have you know maybe someday we'll be able to get John in on this conversation because he's real knowledgeable too, isn't he, on history? Oh, man, he could remember when he was a baby, he asked him because he related some stories in Pine Ridge where he had been in diapers and not talking yet, and he remembered some stuff (laughs) way back. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd kind of like to share with the, you know, bear in mind, we have these um, listeners all over the United States, and you know, I think the reason they like Lakota Link is because they're learning about the just everyday Lakota history. Yeah. And well, I would like to make a statement about, and this might be a controversial, but about boarding school. We we chose to go to boarding school, and I hear all these stories. I think that was more mom's era where they rounded them up and forced them into there while they forced her to learn English. Uh-huh. But in our generation, uh, conditions were better with all these 12, 10 kids. The conditions were better in boarding school. So we chose to go to boarding school. Well, we we and, weren't forced. and for you guys, I mean, 
your your mom being widowed, the the church, the Catholic Church, actually helped you quite a bit, didn't they? I mean, what, oh man, we wouldn't have made it if we moved to another town. But Mother Butler Center was it was like a it was like a mission that catered to the to Indian people, and uh, it was a community, not just church, and, and but afforded. A summer program, and they had mom had her bingo every Sunday. <laughs> but it was a place to meet, and we were all one. And there was your degree of blood there didn't didn't come into play. We were just it was pretty good. The Catholic Church, and then even the parochial school, St. John's, I went to. They were um, they helped out quite a bit. I don't think any of us paid tuition, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't have bad memories of priests beating me up or nuns. Well, that's and, uh, good because I would, I would think for the most part that that was how things were. And, you know, we do hear about the bad parts, and I'm sure they're true, you know. But for oh, the- yeah. Well, the boarding the government schools were real bad. But this was Catholic, and they were, you know, trying to not just civilize us, but they were... Um, helping us physically. I I have a picture of my mom. Well, it looks to be like maybe she was about eight, you know, seven, eight years old. And she, uh, it's a whole bunch of kids just, and they're sitting on the ground and they're under a big tree and Clear in the background is a priest leaning on his cane, and I don't know who he was, but Mother said she explained that picture to me, and she said it was the Catholics would come to Pine Ridge once once a year and get gather up all the kids, and they would have a picnic, and so it you know it's just kind of neat that they did that. You know, and so I actually I painted a picture with that, and called called it. They came for the Catholics. So, but um, yeah, that and that's good. You know, everybody has their own memories, but I like to hear the good ones too because, like I say, we know there's been some bad ones. But I know Mother was always so proud. She says each one of you kids ended up graduating high school and for her that meant a lot you know that that she's all able to make it through high school we kind of took my mom for granted but a lot of people mention that you know all of us kids graduated from high school and stayed in school well i do have to um say how much i admired aunt lula and even though I didn't grow up around her in later years, she was just so good to my my mom. And I know mother and daddy would c- come up to Rapid, and one of the biggest treats was they'd swing by her house and they'd all go out to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Yeah, I remember when you, your folks lived in the Hot Springs, that was a weekly thing for yes. mom. Yeah, something for for them to look forward to. Well, now, I mean, it's got to kind of make you feel good to be home, huh? Back here in South Dakota. 
Oh, yeah, this is my people say you're supposed to retire in Phoenix, not <laughs> Rapid City. But and then I had a friend on the res, I told him I lived in Dakota Homes, and he said, Well, isn't that a place where you move away from? I said, <laughs> no, this is this is my birthplace, my home. While well, I was we've since 1950, we've moved here, but uh, I grew up here and it's close to Black. Uh, Rapid Creek. Yes. And this this is also they're kind of like when they talk about the districts in Pine Ridge, they'll mention the Minnelusa people or the Minnelusa district. That's what Rapid City is. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of your relatives or our relatives, this Mills, on the committee down there, tried to get a on a, her agenda was to make Rapid City a district. Oh, okay. Uh, um, can't remember what her, na- her name is. She's pretty ne- active. She's... Nikita or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's the one. Uh huh. And and she uh, wasn't voted back in, so she's not on the council this year. This time, well, probably too progressive. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I know during the one thing I'm I'm very proud of. I don't know her very well except at that family reunion. You know, I met her, but she's a very intelligent young woman. And during when this COVID thing started up, I uh, she would put out on Facebook, you know, if people needed masks to come by her house and she would have masks available. And I thought, you know, that was one thing I thought she was very caring. And, you know, the way things work down to Pine Ridge, maybe... In a few years, she'll get back in because it tends to rotate. Yeah, um, I should have written down notes here, but um, oh, I should mention the Forty Nine Blizzard. I think your your folks had a place out in Porcupine by then. Yes. Uh huh. And the snow covered the roofs. Well, it's just just so happened that winter, my dad ordered us a, a little load of coal so we didn't have to chop wood and we might have froze to death if we didn't have that coal for the, oh okay the 49 blizzard people look i'm probably the last generation people that remember the 49 blizzard well yeah and and i'm i'm not sure exactly when this was because i was real little but uh, yeah. That's why we ended up going off the reservation. My dad uh, moved to Utah to live by his older brother, and he, my dad, became a mechanic, and then he eventually became a diesel mechanic. But uh, we had that place down by Porcupine Batesland area where they, my mom and dad, farmed, and I know they lost cattle and, you know, the hardship. It was just my dad made the decision in order to make a living he would move off the reservation I think I was about three when that happened and that's when we moved to Rapid City after that too but my dad got a job with the railroad was the main reason but we were glad to make the move yeah well you guys had all your friends right there in your family you was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were, ne- we were never lonesome. We were never. 
and and that was good, you know. I, but well, this has been a a great visit, and and I thank you for we, you know, being able to visit with us about Lakota Link and and people being able to understand a little, just little bits of our life back then. Mm-hmm. I like to give my listeners let them know that I'm thinking of the values Lakota values and I would I would say I would give Larry the value of wisdom that you know he maybe he did have some problems early on with drinking and stuff but he also had the wisdom to change his life and become a traditional dancer and to raise two kids and and I'm just so glad that you came on Lakota Link, and hopefully you and John will come on again. Okay, well, and thank you for the acknowledgement, and thank you for including me. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people, and if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background please subscribe to it or if you have some comments we would love to hear your opinion this is a new adventure for us and i value your opinion this song is written and sung by my good friend quincy goodstar Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us.